Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, there's a lot of God breathing on us today. I want you to know I did check the CDC website. It doesn't appear that God has contracted COVID. So we are safe for now, but feel free to quarantine if you like. Um, it is uh, quite a, an odd lectionary passage, of course, um, given the current circumstances. Like many of you, I am socially distancing myself, limiting my travel. Uh, these are the first people I have seen. There's, what are you, five, six of you, five of you here today? Um, so uh, that has been quite an interesting experience for me. Um, mostly it's been sitting in my kitchen sort of half-dressed, pajamas on the bottom and sort of work shirt on top. I did get fully dressed for this occasion, so if you're wondering. Um, but I'm, I'm glad to be here with you. Uh, I have been remote working, I guess now, for two weeks or so. Um, before this, I had remote worked um, on my own occasionally and, and always really liked the opportunity. I would go find my favorite coffee shop and find a seat that I liked uh, grab a drink, talk to the barista. I would listen in on conversations that were happening around me, kind of watch the flow of people uh, through. And it was always a fun way. Um, I felt kind of a part of a, a community in those coffee shops, even though I was working remotely. And so I was a little bit excited when the opportunity came to kind of go fully remote, um, not really understanding what that would mean. Uh, and then, uh, of course, now, two, two weeks later, uh, I'm realizing exactly what it means to uh, not interact with people. Um, it feels really disconnected. Um, and people will give me advice like, oh, just turn your video camera on. And then people will be more engaged, you'll be more engaged. Um, but I've realized that's just not the same. Um, and in fact, although I think initially people are a little bit more aware of themselves, I still see them kind of getting distracted and starting to scan their own screens. You can tell that they're on uh, their email or maybe you're doing that right now. What box is open for you right now? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but maybe some of you are. Uh, anyway, um, but, you, but you know that, right? It's really hard to engage um, with people uh, virtually. And it's funny because I was teaching a lot of these uh, people I was working with how to use the software, right? Whether it's Zoom or WebEx, Teams, how do you like turn on a mic? Um, what about a webcam? And I was getting a lot of, can you hear me? Can you see me? And while initially I was thinking, wow, this is, uh, you know, these are functional questions. They're asking me technically, can you see and hear me? But as the days have gone on, I've wondered whether those aren't also kind of existential questions as well. Um, because it can feel hard to be so distant, to feel so isolated, even as we are connected. And I wonder if many of you maybe feel the same way in your own way, right? Maybe you are that person who is living alone, you have a small, constricted space, uh, you don't have any roommates or um, people to live with, and so um, you're experiencing that solitude. Um, or maybe you're dreaming of that solitude because you're in an equally constricted space with four children who are equally vying for your time, and yet you're trying to have that important meeting with your boss's boss, which keeps getting postponed until, of course, this moment. 
or you're an undergraduate student uh, who's been displaced back to their homes and their parents, uh, their old high school room and their old high school rules and their old high school self and missing who they used to be and whom they were uh, convening with. Or maybe all of this sounds great because they sound, it sounds safe because you're an essential worker who uh, bags groceries or who is a pharmacy technician or a doctor, a police officer. And every day you're distancing yourselves from all of these people who are no longer friendly faces but liabilities, right? Maybe they're the ones who will contra you'll contract the virus from. And so there's this weird distancing that we've seen physically, that six-foot distance we must stay from each other, and then the closure of buildings like this one um, to community gatherings, right? Or my coffee shop, right? Um, and while this, that physical distance feels acute and we sense it, I also think that we've been socially distancing ourselves for quite some time, right? I think I've been watching it in the ways we interact. So I take the tea a lot. And before all of this happened, if you got onto the tea, I would bet 90% of the people we're looking at their phones. We could be within a foot of one another and never interact, not even eye contact. Or maybe you've walked through Harvard Square and you see someone sitting on the side uh, with a cardboard sign and you find something else to distract yourself from looking and engaging with that person on the side of the road, right? These are just small ways in which we kind of disconnect from each other and have been for some time now. And it's all kind of ironic because the promise of technology was that it would connect us. And yet, as we have seen more and more technology, we have become more and more individual, more siloed. And I don't think it's ironic that we've also seen a decline in religion at the same time. Um, I learned this, I'm not a huge words person, but I learned this this week. So religion comes from two roots, re, meaning to, to do again, and legare, which means to bind. So together they mean to bind again, to reconnect, right? And of course, in some ways, we're talking about humans reconnecting with that divine or spiritual component. Um, but in our Christian, in my at least, theology of understanding God, that connection comes through our experience with one another. And so as we've been pulled away from each other, we've seen ourselves distancing from God, and of course then that rebinding of the human and the divine is of course pulled apart as well. And what's interesting too about ligare, that, that root which means to bind together, is that it's also the same root for the word ligament, which I'm not a doctor, but is a, a tough tissue that binds bones together. Um, so I'm sure we have doctors on the line that can give us more information about that. But, but I think it's so fascinating, right, because we're here together talking about the Valley of Dry Bones, right? It harkens to this idea of this disconnected set of bones in the valley, right? We... We see in the passage God kind of, kind of walks Ezekiel around, and Ezekiel can't help but see how disconnected and how dry and brittle the bones are. And then God asks this sort of question, mortal, can these bones live? 
And Ezekiel, uh, he sort of realizes God's asking a rhetorical question, so he doesn't bother with it, right? He's just like, tell me what to do, and I'll do it, right? And so um, God says, well, go and prophesy to the bones, and, I, you know, and they will come together bone to bone. And he does so, right? God, Ezekiel kind of unmutes his, his webcam, and it's like, you know, is my mic on, right? Okay. Well, prophesy, go, come together, bone to bone, and, and of course, um, they do, right? So it's this moment of, of Ezekiel taking action on his calling. And I think if you're like me, this calling story is one of those ones that we, we kind of grow to hate, right? Because it would be so easy if all of our calls were just so clear, right? If God would just shepherd me, hold, like hand-holding me through the valley and here's the area with the skulls, and here's the hip bones, right? And, uh, and then just gave me that microphone and said, hey, go do it. Um, but it's not like that, right? And we, we struggle with this. I, I know a lot of us in these discernment groups have struggled with this idea of calling and it being so obscure. Um, but I do think that there's something we can learn from this, even if we don't experience calling in that way. And what I want us to think about today is just how how this acute moment of being in the bones inspires Ezekiel to act, right? Sometimes we're not talking about call in terms of this grandiose vision of our lives where our unique passions and gifts combine to, like, solve some great problem. That sometimes we're just called to address some very immediate need in our most uh, immediate space. And, and that's kind of what Ezekiel does. He notices the dry bones. He's sort of urged, prompted by God in some sort of way, and then acts on it, right? And similarly, and I think this is, I do appreciate it about this text. God does not mince words here. He's not about this, in, like, there's multiple interpretations, right? God's like, the bones are us, and we are disconnected. We're dry and dead, and uh, be like Ezekiel and, and and prophesy to those bones. And I think it's, it's so clear to me today, right? God's words, we are, you know, we are cut off. We have no hope. How, how prescient those words feel in this moment when we too are cut off from one another physically, but, but equally so emotionally, spiritually, and have been so for, for longer than this quarantine has lasted. And, and, and yet, right? And yet, Ezekiel's in the midst of these bones, and there is an opportunity, this rustling sound, and, and the bones do come together, right? And there is, a, there is hope, I think, actually, in, amidst all of this, right? Amidst the, the disconnection, I have seen some amazing things come up. I mean, we are literally live-streaming this to hundreds of people who are not sitting here. I mean, to, if you went back even a year ago, and told us then that this would be happening now within two weeks of it, it's pretty amazing, right? And, and I've seen a lot of things like this, and they're not even remotely as, as inspired and uh, amazing as that, right? Uh, I have a friend at work who, um, she's just decided that we need to have more team building. There's not enough places for us to get together and just have informal conversation. So every day, un unprompted by anyone else, she sends us a question. On Friday, it was, what's your favorite pizza topping? It has nothing to do with work, and everyone responds, and it inspires conversation, and uh, we have learned more about 
what people like and, and where they'd love to go and their dreams in the last two weeks than we had done in months. Uh, and that's just a small way in which she saw the dry bones and she said, hey, I can breathe life into those. Um, or the people who are um, going out to those who are maybe more at risk of contracting the virus. Um, someone around in their area who is older or maybe whose immune system is compromised and offers to go and buy their groceries. A simple way of, of helping someone in need. Um, something that may have uh, seemed out of the ordinary for them before that just seems like something they need to do now. Or the number of times I've gotten un, like totally unprovoked text messages asking me how I'm doing. Something I never experienced, well, rarely experienced before, um, but seems to be something that one small way where people are trying to bring those bones together, those, build those sinews back up. Um, and I'll say, like, none of this is the type of calling that we talk about in the groups that, you know, we run with Catalyst. Uh, it's not the kinds of conversations we've been having, but I think they're callings nonetheless, right? I think it's, it's God sort of nudging us, asking us that rhetorical question, can these bones live? And, and of course, our natural hope is that they can because we're human and we're Christians, right? And how can we make those bones live? And I think that's the question we're asking ourselves today, and I want to, you know, sort of put forward to you, is how do you respond to these bones? We're in this valley of dry bones right now. We're disconnected physically from each other. We're also disconnected emotionally, spiritually. But I want you to look out, imagine that you're looking out on these dry bones. And what do you see in your, around your area that, that needs to get done, that could be done to bring those bones together? And if, if you're not a drug developer or an engineer who can create ventilators or a physician who can care for people, don't worry about the macro, the, right? What are the ways that you can look at the bones right at your feet, those initial connections at your, in your immediate sphere that you can help to bring together? Who are those people who, who could most use um, some, some inspiration? Uh, what gifts do you have? To offer, right? Maybe you're a gifted technician or technology person like Mike, and he's here doing our, our videography today. Um, or maybe you're really great at like inspiring conversation like my colleague, right? Um, maybe you bring together people well. Um, Graham brought together a bunch of people for adult forum, and, and maybe it's not related to the church at all. Maybe it's just you, you feel called to something in, your, in another community. Um, but I, I ask you, what are those gifts that you have to offer? And then the third thing is, is how much do you have to give? Because I think this is important too, right? There's some of us who um, are, have more time on our hands because of our circumstances. And then there are others who are, have far less, right? So know also yourself and know um, not to over commit to um, and overfunction, as some have said, um, how much do you have to give to this work of reconnection? And, and honor that, because sometimes it's okay to take some time for yourself to reju rejuvenate. Um, I have been doing a little practice of um, writing postcards to friends and family who I think might be um, 
feeling isolated and I had, I had started this practice because I was looking for a way to not be on a screen all day. Uh, so it was a way to disconnect and I'd been watercoloring them. It's a way to like sort of engage my creative side, which I had been missing. But um, that's just one way that I've been trying to uh, bring my own circle of people more together and know that they're cared for and loved um, amidst uh, this isolation. And so I ask you, you know, what's the one way that this week you can unmute yourself? and you can test your mic and, and act in a way that would breathe life into the bones that are just immediately around you. Because I think what's most inspiring is we have so many people who are part of this community. If we each just focused on that little plot right around us, then those little plots come together and I'm imagining sort of Herb's puzzle, right? It's sort of these little, little pockets that sort of grow and, and, and all the pieces come together. Uh, and if we can do that, then maybe we have a way of bringing those bones back to life, right? Repairing that disconnection and ultimately realizing God's beloved community. Amen. Now we will join together uh, with the spirit of the living God and we'll sing together as always, even if you're at your all alone, sing loud and with good, lustily with good courage. Uh, let folks hear uh, throughout your apartment, really throughout your neighborhood, people singing.